fans to episode number 65 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. You know, we've had a busy week. We had the crossover special with Gil Martin from Locked On Islanders. That was a lot of fun. And then we had the two-parter of the eight impending free agents for the Rangers where we ranked them from least important to most important. And that was a lot of fun as well. If you listen to Thursday's episode, though, you know that that episode ran kind of long on me. It was kind of a project putting all that together. It was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I had a blast doing it. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. But today, it's the All-Star break. Going to take our foot off the gas and do kind of a little bit more of a lighthearted episode here. Basically, I've had this idea for a while. There are websites out there that still have New York Rangers message boards, and a lot of them have been around for a long time. And for anyone who wasn't around before before social media basically took over the world, before you had Twitter and all that stuff, you had message boards. And basically, there were websites. You would log into America Online, and you could go and talk about any topic you want, really. I mean, any any topic had its own message board at that time, and certainly there were New York Ranger message boards as well. And believe it or not, some of these websites are still around even today, and some of them are still active. And I found a few of them, and for today, we're just going to use this one website. It is called HockeyRodent.com, and it is basically just uh, a forum where Ranger fans can come together and talk about the team. And the craziest thing about all this to me is that there are posts going as far back as 2001. The first post here is from October 10th, 2001. And so as a way to just kind of enjoy the all-star break, and like I said, do something a little more uh, on the fun side today, just kind of relax together and just kind of have a few laughs, I figure I would just read some of these old posts that Ranger fans were making from 2001 or any other time in basically the last 20 years, because that is crazy. This website really does go back uh, nearly two decades. And the other interesting thing is when you log on to this website, and again, it's Hockey Rodent, like, you know, a mouse, HockeyRodent.com, and you look at this website, and it 100% looks like it was designed in the Stone Ages, basically, or at least the Internet's version of the Stone Ages. It's right out of 1995. I mean, you open the web page, and the first thing that jumps out of you is the entire right half of the web page is, like, completely blank. It's just blank white, and then there's, like, a blue strip. You really have to just log on to see it for yourself. Uh, but when you're on there, you'll definitely know what I'm talking about. This has a very old-school design to it. And the other crazy thing is that people still post on this website even today, and that's pretty hard to believe that all this time has gone by and there's a website that people have been posting Ranger messages to since 2001 and yet it is still active. That really is pretty crazy. And in fact, it looks like there were even six different posts added to this website today. And, and some of these have gone on for a long time and, you know, people make comments and there's more comments and there's more comments and it basically just keeps going. But yeah, at the very top here, there's a thread that just says significant local weather events, which has 513 replies. And then there's one that says uh, trade deadline thoughts, and there's 88 replies there, so that's obviously very timely. Uh, there's one called in-game observations with 36 replies. There's another called hockey history with 205 replies. So bottom line, this website had very humble beginnings. It has not had 
any kind of a makeover at all, it, all the years that have gone by, again, this looks like it just, it very much looks like a website that was designed in 1995 and nobody ever bothered to touch it up. But that's also where some of the charm comes from. And if you look back over, you know, the past couple of weeks, I mean, there's there's threads about the World Juniors. There's just a game thread about, you know, Rangers versus Canucks. And then there's a thread about the 2019-2020 fines and suspensions. You really, everything is here, you know, and, and this website is still active. But I thought it might be fun to look back at some of the really older posts that exist on this website. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. So let's kick things off. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read the first post that was ever added to this message board. And that came from a user by the name of Hockey Bird. And his topic is 500 records so far. And he writes, and again, this is on... Wednesday, October 10th, 2001. So we're really getting into the way back machine here. And Hockey Bird says, Two games do not a season make, but it's clear that the Rangers' defense is not yet at a level that I would consider acceptable. We are giving up too many goals based on sloppy play in our own zone and in front of the net. Goals are deflecting off of our own guys, and Olinoff has deked Richter twice, resulting in one goal against. Here's to Klute's speedy recovery and Olinoff's being waived. So I suppose some things never change as far as, you know, the defense giving up goals, but at least according to Hockey Bird here, that the Rangers were struggling in that year to prevent goals. And just, again, for some context, we're going to do a lot of posts from 2001 today because that's as far back as as this goes. But yeah, that season, 2001-2002, that was, it turned out to be the fifth straight season of the Rangers missing the playoffs. So you're going to be hearing a lot of posts from kind of a restless fan base and a fan base that has a lot of ideas of how to fix the team. And I, I've looked through a few of them. There's some good ideas. There's some not so good ideas. And uh, I don't remember Olinoff as, you know, Hockey Bird talked about here, but his name is Igor Olinoff. And he actually, I, I haven't really heard of this guy, but he did play in the NHL for a long time, although 2001 and 2002 was his only season with the New York Rangers. And then it looks like, he uh, moved on to the Florida Panthers later that same season. So he just played a half a season with the Rangers, and maybe that's why I don't remember him. Just uh, an obscure Ranger, and uh, old Hockey Bird here is no fan of him. Then we come to a post that's just called Messier is Bad, and this one is from Michael. I'm not going to say anybody's full name, but Michael says, Sorry, boys and girls, but Messier needs to give it up. He should be playing 10 minutes a game on the fourth line or completely scratched altogether. The team played about a thousand times better after he left yesterday. They forechecked, played well down low, and actually penalty killed like they had a clue. If anyone can convince me this isn't because Messier left the game, I'd love to hear it. If and when he comes back, he cannot be allowed to play on the power play or the penalty killing. The only way I want to see him again is on the fourth line or behind the bench as a new coach. All right, so a lot to unpack here. This was, of course, Messier's second tenure with the Rangers. Now, obviously, we all know about uh, 1994. He's the captain of the Rangers. He leads them to the Stanley Cup championship. They break the 54-year curse. That's what comes to the minds of Ranger fans when you think of Mark Messier. But then he did leave the team for three years to go to the Vancouver Canucks. I, I believe his contract just ran out, and he-, he signed with the Canucks. I don't think there was a trade or anything like that. But after that... And beginning in 2000 and 2001 season, Messier finished his career with four seasons with the New York Rangers. And that actually surprised me. I, I thought I remember him only maybe coming back for maybe two years at the very end there. But no, he came back for four years. And this was kind of a time period right around now where the cool thing to do was kind of to, to hate on Messier because I think there was a belief that, well, I mean, 
it was a fact that he was getting older and he was not as good of a player as he used to be. But I think there was also a belief that maybe he was taking up valuable ice time from some younger Ranger players. And there might be some truth to that. But actually, if you look at the stats from Messier these last four years uh, with the Rangers that he played with them, uh, it really wasn't that bad. You know, 2000-2001, he had 24 goals and 43 assists in 67 games. Now, this post is from the 2001-2002 season, and in that season, Messier only played 41 games with 7 goals and 16 assists, so not a Marc Messier-esque season, so maybe that's where some of the frustration was coming from, but I don't know. I could just never uh, bring myself to hate on Marc Messier because, I mean, at the time, 2001, I mean, I'm in high school. I'm not that old. I'm, I'm 15 years old, but the way I looked at it is that Messier was the guy who broke the curse for the Rangers, and so, yes, He's back now. It's seven years later. He's not the same player he was when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in 1993-1994, but it's not like he was an anchor that was just killing this team either. I thought it was cool to have him back, have the captain back in the fold with the Rangers and let him finish up uh, his incredible career with the team that he helped end the massive Stanley Cup drought. So I was all for uh, bringing Messier back and actually looking at these stats, you know, they, they really aren't half bad. And especially the first year back, uh, he actually had a really nice season for the Rangers. But yeah, you know, I can also understand the other side of it that Messier was getting over the hill and the Rangers were just kind of spinning their wheels. And maybe at that point, certain fans were just kind of wanting to see uh, younger players play and not have Messier in there as kind of uh, a retread. Michael here from this post does raise an interesting point, and that is that Messier, you know, could be the coach. And interestingly enough, Messier never really got into coaching, and that's kind of surprising to me because he always just seemed like such a natural-born leader and a guy who really knew the game, was really a student of the game, and a guy who could maybe instill some toughness into, you know, like a young team. But for whatever reason, uh, it looks like that was an avenue that Messier never really uh, chose to pursue. He coached Team Canada in a handful of tournaments, but that was basically it. I don't see any other mention of Messier coaching hockey at really any level, and certainly not at the NHL. So, yeah, kind of surprising to me that uh, he never never got into that. Here's another post that kind of caught my eye. It's just called Broken Jaw, and I have no idea. I've not read this yet, so I have no idea if this guy is going to be talking about an a ranger who suffered a broken jaw or a ranger who inflicted a broken jaw or somebody who needs to get their jaw broken. I'm really not sure, but let's check this out together here. And, uh, oh, it's our old friend Hockey Bird. So he says, I still can't believe the hit Kluchek put on that poor Panther. Slam! The video of him trying to get over the boards and onto the bench was unbelievable. Tomas is making a name for himself in the NHL. Mean hitter, breaker of jaws. Klocek is clearly a bright spot in what may be a dark season for us Rangers fans. Each time I watch this kid, I'm more impressed. I think I have a favorite player for the first time since Zuboff was dealt. Now that's high praise, and I, I offhand, I really don't know who Klocek is. I have the roster here, though. Let me just take a look at that. And it's hard to find a whole lot of information about Tomas Klocek here. It looks like he came up with the Rangers in 2000-2001. That was his first season. He played two seasons with the Rangers Five-year NHL career, played 141 games, two goals, and eight assists. So pretty much the definition of a stay-at-home defenseman. But what really jumped off the page for me here, uh, what's this guy's name? Hockey Bird? Yeah, Hockey Bird. He commended him for his physical play and just kind of being a tough guy. And so then you look at his stats and you realize the 2001-2002 season, which is the season that we're talking about here, uh, he had 137 penalty minutes in 52 games with the Rangers. That's like fighting constantly. 
137 penalty minutes in 52 games. That's crazy. That's just absolutely wild. So clearly, he was there as kind of an enforcer type. I can't say that I really remember him. Like I said, you know, he only played the two years with the Rangers. Went on to play for the Predators for a couple of years and also the Atlanta Thrashers, who no longer exist. So there, you learned about Tomas Kluczek today. I bet you didn't think that was going to happen. Staying on this same post for just another couple of minutes here, though, uh, Chris responded to Hockey Bird, and he says, Klocek is the type of mean SOB that this team has needed for years. Bird, have you been to any games this year? They have this little Mr. Sandman, Enter Sandman video montage that they play for McCarthy all the time, like he's still a major tough guy. Give me Dale and Tomas any day. What a pair. Dale's a friggin' psycho, and Tomas just steadily crushes the opposition. After last Saturday's Bruins game, all I could imagine was a Klocek-Hal-Gill pairing on the Rangers' blue line. I know it can never happen, but could you imagine having two wrecking balls like those guys standing people up on their way into the zone? So that was an interesting response there from Chris. And then we'll do one more here on this same post here. Rodent responds. He says, no, Chris, you're wrong. It's you who are the type of mean SOB that this team has needed for years. Yeah, that's right. There's this little Mr. Settle Mailer, enter Settle Mailer video montage that they play for you all the time. Well, okay, they don't, but they should. And Bird does. Yeah, that's right. Everyone here on this, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. He's just off on a tangent now, and this goes on for a while longer, but whatever. Might as well get all the way through it. Everyone here on the staff of HockeyBird.com plays that montage for you all the time. Yep, we're always playing it. In fact, I'm playing it right now. I'm so sure about this that tomorrow morning, I'm even going to ask Bird precisely what a montage is. It's French. I know that much. Probably one of those Quebec hockey things. Might have something to do with beaver pelts. (laughs) Or it could be one of those things they do up there when a lumberjack comes of age. Whatever. I know it's French, though. No, a montage would definitely be a manly thing. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it for you or for Klocek, who isn't even French. Now that I think about it, does Klocek know what a montage is? Do they have those in the Czech Republic? Maybe he should ask Bird tomorrow morning, too. What was the question again? Oh, yes, Klocek and Purinton. Well, it's no secret that I'm a big Klocek fan, regardless of whether he knows what a montage is or not. But Purinton still irritates me, big time. Rage and I will blow up big time over this. But Purinton still knows squat about defense. He's a bonehead who might occasionally keep his game under control. But he's not a good skater and he's not a good blue liner. And I bet he knows squat about montages. He's a goon with options. He's a goon with options and no montage. Do they even have montages in um wherever Dale comes from? No. Didn't think so. I rest my case. I have no idea what I just read, but I'll tell you what. Uh, Rodin, if you're listening to this right now, again, that's the guy. He posted under the name Rodin, and he's even got a little mouse avatar to boot. Rodin, if by some miracle you're listening to this episode, you are my new co-host, bro. You got to get in touch with me right now. Send me an email. Tweet me. Do whatever you got to do. Get in touch with this show, man. I got to hear more from you. I got to hear more about your takes on the current Rangers. That is just the craziest thing I've ever read. All right, I don't know how we're going to top that, but let's give it a shot. I found another post here called Milbury on Manhattan, and I have not read this one yet, but I have to assume it's about Mike Milbury. And yes, it is. And obviously, you know, Mike Milbury, no fan of the Rangers uh, over the years, 
and Ranger fans, no fan of Mike Milbury, so this should be interesting here. And the first post is by Rodent, the guy who just wrote that uh, diatribe about whatever that was. And he says, well, he, he's quoting uh, Milbury, uh, a quote he gave to the New York Daily News. And so the quote is, it's always good to have the building filled, even if it's with low IQ Rangers fans. I can't blame our fans one bit for staying away the last few years. I didn't want to watch it either, but I admire the ones that stood by us. And so at the time, Milbury was the general manager of the New York Islanders, and so I think he's kind of acknowledging the complete lack of success that the Islanders have had, and the Islanders actually had a good season this year. Uh, For context, they ended up making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference this year as the five seed. They lost in seven games to the four-seeded Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. But then Hockey Bird responds to Rodent here, and Hockey Bird says, Listen, I wouldn't make too much of this. For one, Mike has never been confused with a genius. The reason Islander surge comes only after being the laughingstock of the NHL for several years. He has simply fallen into good times. If you draft first each year, at some point, you'll have enough in the system to make good trades, and that's just what Milbury has done. But only after squandering a bunch of quality players first. Second, does anybody really give two about this clown or what he has to say? Him, he's not worth me getting bent out of shape. Besides, I've been referred to as a low IQ fan by much better than he. So, yeah, I guess some things never change. We're, we're, that's kind of a theme here today because obviously Mike Milbury has never been a fan of the Rangers, and Ranger fans have never liked him, even in his role as an analyst. And then Rodent simply replied by saying thanks for the support, and then Hockey Bird said, Milbury has been a jerk for a long time now. It's not surprising that he is still a jerk. Why get in a tiff about it? I'd tell him to go hit himself with a shoe and be done with it. Well, that's one piece of advice. So I'm thinking let's do a positive post here, and this one is just called Rangers Overtime Win, and this is a post from Andy, and he's got an avatar that kind of makes him look like a character on The Simpsons, so that's pretty awesome. Props to Andy for that. And Andy says, Hey guys, just came back from the game. Good win, but not great. The blue shirts don't seem to control their own slot very well. Olenoff made a few gaffes, but thankfully, Kluchek threw a few good hits. But overall, they were pretty sloppy. They won only because Montreal was even sloppier. The Habs played some sort of semi-trap. At one point, it seemed they were playing the diamond in the neutral zone. The fly line blew past that consistently. Even still, the Rangers didn't have much of a forecheck. I thought, I don't know, both regulation time goals were off cheesy rushes. What's everyone else's take? And so, uh, yeah, it sounds like the Rangers uh, got an overtime win there, but Andy did not like what he was seeing, and he mentioned the trap there. And, man, thank God the trap has gone the way of the Dodo. I just it made hockey so boring. I mean, hockey's always exciting, but you, know, you had these teams like the Devils that just lined up all these players in the neutral zone, and, I mean, they got away with murder, you know, all the holding penalties that weren't called, and, yeah, I'm just so glad that's out of the game. Because now, you know, there's not really any trap, and the, and the skilled players can use their skills to win hockey games. And, you know, I mean, imagine guys now, like, imagine our Temi Panarin trying to deal with the New Jersey Devils trap. I mean, that that would be terrible. That would be... And he's not the kind of player that I think... He, he might struggle a little bit against the trap just because, you know, he is a smaller guy, and, you know, they're the Devils at that time, they were just kind of drag you down into the mud with them and, and make you play their game. And, yeah, thank God the trap is gone, so... Makes hockey uh, quite a bit more exciting. 
And so we'll do one more here today. All the posts that I've read so far have been from the 2001-2002 season. I figure let's change it up here at the end. Let's jump to a different year. Let's go to 2004. And this is a post that's just called, Who Cares Anymore? And user ADG writes, I just passed up 12 tickets to tonight's game in our company's Skybox. I'd rather watch paint dry than go see our Rangers versus Washington. I never in my life thought I'd hear myself say no thanks for 12 tickets on a Friday night to a Rangers game. And then Craig responds by saying, are you kidding me? We could have made a friggin' party out of that. Win, lose, or indifferent. So what? They don't stock it. And your company is cheap. We could have brought in our own brews and had a grand old time. Just think five jugs of raspberry wheat and a skybox. And they won. So, yeah, this 2004 is right right around when I think it kind of reached a fever pitch as far as, you know, unrest among Ranger fans. Because I believe that ended up being the eighth consecutive season that the Rangers did not make the playoffs. And uh, that was right before the strike season. You had the strike season after that, and then they finally made the playoffs the year after that. But, yeah, I mean, by this point, uh, fans were really fed up, myself included. The Rangers just, they couldn't get anything going. They didn't know how to rebuild. And I think for fans that, you know, might be a little bit upset at the Ranger front office for trading so many of the veterans away to, you know, kind of do this rebuild, hey, at least there's a plan in place. Because back then, there was no plan in place. They, They tried to do all these quick fixes. It never worked. And the Rangers had... Quite the lengthy playoff drought. Uh, nine years if you count the strike season and uh, eight seasons of failing to qualify for the playoffs. So, yeah. And that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Like I said, wanted to try something a little bit different. If you guys like it, maybe I'll do this in the future sometime. And maybe next time we'll jump into uh, the years where you know the Rangers were recently making some deep playoff runs. And, and maybe we'll jump into 2014 when they were in the Stanley Cup Final. Might be fun to look back on that and see what people were saying. So let me know if you liked it, if you didn't like it, and we'll see about doing it again in the future. But that's going to do it for today. So once again, guys, thanks for joining in. We'll be back here with a brand new episode on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. So once again, thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.